This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. Eric Levine, it's a pleasure to have you on. How are you Thank doing today? Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. Like, uh, like I always do. I think it's always worth doing this. And I always make a big deal out of it. Don't know why. But the first question I'd like to open with is, do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs or business owners? Um, my father was more of a deal maker than an entrepreneur, but he owned his own business. Uh, and he was in the machinery business, big machines, lays, drills. And uh, I remember he asked me when I was 11, while I was watching Superman on TV, if I wanted to take over his business. And I looked at him and I said, I'm still hoping to become Superman. And I don't, you know, I, I don't see myself selling machines, dad. But he was an entrepreneur in his own way. More in his life, his lifestyle. He was an athlete, so he'd do things in that category. Uh, but yeah, he, he never had a job per se. He was, I guess, in a classic version of entrepreneur. I love that. I love that. And I love that you tied in the fact that, you know, he himself was athletic and how that may have impacted your own uh, uh, view of the world and, and, and values. Now, yeah. I'm curious, right? And this is really like, pushing the pedal to the metal here, but a lot of people go throughout their life. Uh, there's a large portion of the fitness industry that they they want to go into fitness, right? They want to somehow make that what they do. You can look at the example of YouTubers. I want to make videos and then make money, right? Now, you didn't have all those tools starting out. And I, and I say that because it's important to highlight that you were grassroots in the sense, given what you're telling us, when you decided at a certain age, and I want I want you to share that, when you're like, this is what I'm going to do for sure. Like it, this has been my dream forever. There's a there's a there's this vision of fitness and how I'm going to impact the world. Where does that start to take shape? Because as a kid, you know, we we all put on the towel and, and said, yeah, I'm flying or you know, I'm Superman. But at what point did that really start to take on serious tones for you? Oh, that's a great question. You know, my dad, uh, he was a bodybuilder. He was on the Canadian. I'm, I'm from Montreal. He was on the Canadian national volleyball and water polo team simultaneously. So our whole life was, was, you know, vitamins. I think I started vitamins when I was a year old uh, and <laughs> no smoking, no drinking, all that. And every weekend we went to the, y, the YMHA and, he, like the, the typical throw him in the deep end, see if he can swim. And my dad had enormous biceps and I just loved hanging off of his biceps. And so I was excited about that early on. And actually, believe it or not, so I was born in Montreal in an area, a predominantly Jewish neighborhood. And 
Ben and Joe Weider, the Weider brothers, who really started the business of bodybuilding, uh, Weider, you know, Muscle and Fitness Magazine and all the vitamins. They were a member of the synagogue and they were great friends with my dad. And on my bar mitzvah, they gave me this whole weight set. So it was kind of pegged in my DNA uh, and I loved it. it. It just felt, you know, natural to me. And I, I'll tell you a quick story because I talk a lot, so get ready. <laughs> um, I was, at the time when I was about 17, and I'll give you a, for instance, of a, a benchmark, a brand new Corvette, 427, 435, everything was about $5,000. And I had a job in this place called Vic Tanny's Spa. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday were women. Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday were men. They never worked out together. That was the way the world was. No co-ed that, at that time. And I worked my way up from, I don't know, trainer, I guess. My whole training was, do you have running shoes? I said, yes. Okay, you're hired. That was the extent of my training. So I don't know really what I was supposed to do, but I had an idea. To make a long story short, the manager said, take me on a tour. Uh, everyone that you take on a tour buys a membership. And I said, wasn't well, that what you want? He said, yeah, but why don't you go into sales? So there was a 12 club chain. I worked myself up from trainer, I guess, all the way up to manager. And in the second month, I was the number one salesperson and manager of 12 clubs. And at 17, I was making three and a half thousand dollars a month, 1960, uh, no, 1972, 1972 Corvette. I get a new Corvette every seven weeks. Wow. So I was at three days a week. And the club I worked at was about a, a five minute walk from my house. So everything was was going great. And that was my first adrenaline of this is a great thing. We're making people healthy and happy. Uh, all you got to do is deliver on, you know, give them more value than they expect and more, and more than they paid for. And the product was, as I said, making people better in whatever it is that they wanted to do. So at that young age, I was already hooked into it in terms of making money, potential business career and making people good. So it was a, a win, win, win at that point. It, I wasn't even 18 yet. There's, there's a, there's an important detail to the secret sauce, even at a young age that I think we should dive into. So you were giving people tours with zero training. Was it your passion that was coming through or were you actively listening? Can, can you attribute yeah. anything, any kind of skill to, to what was going on? Such another fabulous, right on the money question. Thank you for that. Two things, and this is for everybody in any type of business, sales or whatever. Sales is all about two things. Believing passionately in your product. Do you wholeheartedly, full on believe that what you've got is going to do great for the person that came to you and wants and needs it? And if you do that, there's no such thing as selling. You're just on purpose and giving them exactly what it is that they wanted or needed. Now, the second part of your question, 
right on it. How would you know what they want or need? It's not about taking someone in the gym. Okay, I got free weights here. I got group X over there. I got a swimming pool over there. It has to do with specifically asking the right questions to draw out the right answers and listening exactly to what it is they want, what it is that they need, and listening with sincerity, full intention, and then you know exactly how to present the membership based on nothing to do with what you thought, 100% to do with what they told you they came for. And to that in mind, I had developed a very simple guest fitness profile to be used on the phone if it was an information call or if they came to the club. Very simple. Name and phone number. Where do you live? Are you married, not married or not? Because maybe it's a spousal objection. I have to ask my husband. I have to ask my wife. Anyway, it was a very simple. You thought that, well, this is nothing. I'll just do that and this and that. By the end of it, the last two questions, how long have you been thinking about getting in shape or in a fitness program? Okay, forever. Everyone said forever. I've been thinking about it. Here's the most important question. Philip, what specifically made you decide to get started on your fitness program today? And in person... (laughs) You push back, you put your pen down, and you look in their eyes with everything you got waiting for them to take the last shoe and tell you. And I've heard my wife doesn't love me anymore. My husband's looking at younger girls. I can't, I can't make love to my wife. I don't have any energy. I want to pick up my son. I can't move. I I'm not you know, hot buttons and inside information that when they tell you that, and again, if you have a terrible club or whatever, I don't recommend you doing that. If you believe in your product, you hear what they have to say and you say, Eric, I specialize in exactly what you said. We, together, we will accomplish exactly that. And Many of our members said the exact same thing. And it's at that point, welcome to the club. It's over. I don't have to tour you on my club. I don't have to show you, as I said, the, the, the sauna has nothing to do with the sauna. Has to do with her husband not loving her anymore, she thinks. And, it, you know, in business, if you listen, they'll tell you. They'll tell you what they want. And then you get more specific. When do you need this by? You know, again, the why we already said. And the more specific you get, I'll give you another for instance. I know I'm rambling, but maybe it's good. It's good. Someone would say, well, you know, I want to I want to gain muscle. That's wonderful, Eric. We specialize in that. Again, now I'm the authority. Now, Eric, what kind of a where specifically do you want that muscle? I don't know. Well, how would you like some big arms? Oh, I love big arms. All right. Well, again, we specialize in that. You'll see when we come down, I'll design a perfect program for those big arms. But let me ask you one more question, Eric. 
Do you just want the big ham hock arms? Or would you like the ham hock arms with that mountain peak? When you flex it, it kind of a ball. Is that something you're interested in? Oh my God, I'd love to have a ham hock arm and, the, and that mountain peak. Great, most people say the same thing. But one more thing, Eric, have you ever noticed that vein that creeps over the mountain peak where people are in really great shape? The ham hock, the mountain peak, do you want the vein? Oh my God, I've been wanting the vein since I'm 10 years old. We got the vein. <laughs> <laughs> we got the thing. And that's just what I'm talking about when you want to be specific. You know, they're not going to come. I'm on the phone with someone. They're not coming in for a free week. There's not, that's nothing. But when I call you back and I say, Eric, I've designed the program for you. Well, I'm going to see you at 7:30 tonight. And you're going to feel that ham hock that muscle, and the vein is going to start creeping up tonight at 7.30. Boom. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> no, it, this, is, this is actually hilarious because the other day I got a free week at a gym, and <laughs> the first thing they did was they took me, they didn't even ask me, they're like, here's the weight room. Do you lift weights? Okay, well, I'll show you anyways. <laughs> I never had to tour anyone. Never. And that everyone that was my reputation. He doesn't tour. They'd say why, and then I would teach him why. Yeah, man. No, that was a masterclass in itself, man. The irony of this conversation as you <laughs> hold up a free week at a gym. I still haven't gone, man. I'm just too busy, quote unquote, right? Yeah. They, they must have not unraveled what it was in my mind that made me go there that day. <laughs> if they thought, you know, specifically what you wanted, your dream, you're coming. For the dream, you're not coming for free in anything. It's not important. Yeah, I was going there to try to get out of the house, right? To your point, uh, because I, I do a lot of work from home. And, you know, since COVID, a lot of my friends, I moved out of where I lived. So if they would have asked me that and then, and then introduced me to someone at the gym and uh -huh. said, this is a regular, I probably would have signed up, keeping well, it real, based on what you said. And that's the second part of what I said. Many of our members have said the same thing. So what am I doing? You're in the right group. These people are your community. I feel comfortable. There's that, that, that word community right there. There's the word yeah. community. You know, no. so I've been doing it so long, but it's, again, people think I'm a good salesman. I say, well, I don't sell. Okay. I facilitate to the customer specifically what they want. And my product makes people healthy and happy. That's not selling, right? <laughs> what do I, I'm not selling at all. My product is that. I love it because most people drop out of their fitness journeys, but anybody who can get them started in and of itself, that's a reward, right? Being able it to is. ask those questions, it's, uh, it's borderline psychology, really. <laughs> it, is. it is. It is psychology and uh, it doesn't, it's not the fitness industry. It's any type of interaction. Did you ever see the, um, it was when the, the movie with Robert De Niro and um, he was a gangster and he went to his therapist, Billy Crystal. Did oh, you know that movie? Goodness. 
Yeah, I, I do recall seeing it as a kid. I, although right now I'm blanking on the name, but I love Robert De Niro as an actor for sure. And I remember that. <laughs> One of his therapies was he had to go and get a regular job. So he goes and he's selling cars. And he yeah, didn't yeah. go so well. That scene didn't go Good, good fellas. Well. It was good fellas, wasn't it? I think it was good fellas. Well, it casino, was, casino. <laughs> it was so funny. But anyway, so. Yeah, and then obviously he beat up whoever because <laughs> they didn't want to buy yeah. the car. I right. remember that. Yeah, yeah, the right. yellow shirt. Yeah. Now, oh man. So first of all, that was a that was a free masterclass uh, that anyone who was listening was just awarded just for being a part of the show, and so dropping right. value everywhere you go. Uh, now, that's just the beginning of your journey, yeah. right? That you yeah. were just getting started. Now you know you're globally known. You know you've you're specifically responsible for for certain types of yoga being brought out to the public and, and known. And that's just the beginning of what goes on. So how does this transformation take place? You, you blew up beyond a, a franchise that you were working for. What happened that sparked that? Well, that's thank you for all these great questions. I'll give you another little weird thing because it's funny also and trying to keep it lively. So I am my father, as I mentioned already, my father's a Jewish businessman who is so proud. I'm making three and a half thousand dollars a week, a month, more at that time than doctors and lawyers and whoever, probably more than him. And he probably bragged to everybody. And then my ex girl, well, at that time, my girlfriend's mother called me in Montreal in the dead of winter with this, you know, three inches of ice on the inside of the window. Just go get the Newsweek magazine. Now, she doesn't call me. She doesn't like me. Seemed to be a pattern of my girlfriend's mother's. And um, <laughs> she wants me to get this magazine on a, in a blizzard. I said, I'm not getting it. She's getting it. Anyway, make a long story short, it was a Newsweek with a Christy Brinkley girl throwing her hair up. And the title was The Geos of Club Med the true gypsies of the world. And it just hit me like a lightning bolt. I didn't know what a GO meant. In fact, it meant gentil organizateur, nice organizer. And I didn't know anything about Club Med. So I'm reading it as I'm getting home and I'm looking at the pictures and it was an epiphany. It was, oh my God, this is the greatest thing on earth. I want to be part of it. It was an organization of 80 clubs at that time around the world in the most exotic locations. If you were worked there, you did, you lived like the guests, everything was available to you. They talked about from, and this was before herpes, before condoms. It was the craziest time of the, of the world. And they talked about every six months, you go to a different spot in the world and you live with the guests and it was like, and then at the end of the party, the maids came and cleaned up your room and did everything for you. I spent all night long on my resume doing whatever I could. I'm getting that job. Only problem was when I got the job, I had to tell my dad, oh, dad, by the way, I'm going to Martinique in the French West Indies. And I'm getting paid $60 a month. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> 
can't brag about you anymore. <laughs> when I told him, literally, I said, he asked me those questions. He didn't know what a Martinique was. And the $60 was so tragic, he, 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 couldn't, he couldn't take it in, his consciousness. He, he asked me twice, and then he kind of vaporized out of the room. The reason why I'm bringing up this st story is I learned about marketing from Club Med. Our rooms were three-star, our sports were three-star, food three-star. Everybody at the parking lot on departure were crying their heads off. Doctors were giving up, wanted to give up their practices to be a doctor on the scuba boat. Everybody, you couldn't get them on the bus to go back to the airport. We, we touched them. We affected their insides. Forget about more value than that they thought. It was the experience of a lifetime. I know that's a cliche, but that's what we gave them. And they never, ever forgot it. Talk about repeat customers. We were overbooked. 600 people a week, every single week that I worked, four years I worked there. And I watched and I realized that's what it is all about. And they had a 15 second commercial on TV, Club Med. It was you know someone just on the beach with the wind blowing, the antidote to civilization. And I watched and at $60 a month, if, if, if Paul McCartney asked me to join his group, I'd say, let me do a few more seasons here first, and then I'll join you. Because we had the greatest time. Um, we had so much passion. And a thousand people wanted my job, and I am not giving it up. And to create a team, so you have to hire these adventure maniacs like my, I was, you had to... They had to have that passion about it, which we all had. Jeez, each club, we had about 50 or 60 countries represented. And that group of people could have taken on anything. And the members, they, they got it. Now, I wanted from that point on, no matter what I did, I wanted to recreate that magic, that experience that is there's no one can write about it, okay? It's you have to have done it and been in it. And that's how I created all of my gyms. All of my gyms before, you know, Walkman, I marked that volume and I gave them the CDs that I, with my DJ created. And God forbid, if I walked in and that music was too low or there was country western on or whatever, there was hell to pay, right? And TVs had to be MTV or fashion TV or the local or sports because that was the brand. That's the brand and that's it. And you don't like it, go somewhere else. But when you joined, Van Halen Jump was on at max and you joined anyway. Okay. And that's who we are. And that's what I did all my life. So back to your question about yoga and stuff. So a little bit of history. I went from uh, Club Med. I uh, then I and there's another. We only we don't have much time, so I'm not gonna I'm gonna narrow it. Went uh, and sold my company to 24 Hour Nautilus, which became 24 Hour Fitness. We had 72 clubs, 
but I wanted to do my own thing as an entrepreneur. I went to Asia and I opened up my California fitness based upon Club Med. In my third year, we did 100 million US dollars in revenue with $38 million of profit. And everyone told me, Chinese won't work out. Women won't sweat in front of men. You'll never get that location, blah, 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 blah. Opened up in Hong Kong, Singapore, Taiwan, Thailand, Vietnam, China, Malaysia, Australia, everywhere, Thailand, everywhere. And it was Club Med all over again. And then I noticed, because I've been into yoga since I'm 13, this is a really interesting story. Um, yoga was dead. It is 23 years ago. Yoga was dead. Santa Monica, California, dead. One class up in the someone's back of their back of their office with two or three creepo weirdo nerdos with a with a teacher the same. And that's it. Even in the 24-hour fitness clubs, which I'm still a partner in, we would teach one class per club a week. And again, one or two people dead. Having loved yoga all my life, I went to India, went to the jungles and found yogis, second, third, fourth generation of real yogis, not teachers, but real yogis. Make a long story short, I brought them over and I advertised yogis, we're not teachers. I opened up a 25,000 square foot yoga center in Hong Kong. 150,000 US dollars a month rent. By my third month, I was putting through 30,000 people a month. And we taught every type of yoga you could ever imagine. And then I expanded it throughout Asia, brought it back 24 hour Santa Monica, boom. Enough power to the consciousness, collective consciousness to explode throughout the world. So I don't take credit for anything to do with yoga. It's 5,000 years old. And I, I mean, I have a big ego, but I'm not going to touch that. But I, I was maybe the first domino to start what is already the best exercise and, and system in the world. And that's one of the things I, I am most proud of. Yeah, I, it goes without saying. I could take this conversation anywhere and I want to check in with Jason to make sure that there I'm sure there's been a million things he's wanted to ask. <laughs> oh my God. Where do you even start with that? Holy crap. <laughs> there's so much to unpack with that whole conversation that, you know, I, I would choose more to look at, at the highlights of each of those things and not even the accomplishment, but the challenge to, get to the accomplishment of how important that was and how you always just designed your own system to get there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's amazing because, you know, you look at business owners today, right. And it's just like this very rigid. It's gotta be right. And there's no like outside the box thinking. And, you know, back in the days of my father and, his father, and it was just like, they designed these systems to just work. It didn't require technology. It didn't require, my dad had a damn notebook for crying out loud. <laughs> that was it, right? It was a red, the old red cover notebook, right? It. 
I'm sorry to yeah, say man. I'm probably your dad's age. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, but, but, but the cool thing about it is, is that doesn't have to be dead. Right. I mean, you're a living example of how that's still there. It's still going. It's, you know, you, you can, Musk, he's you the know, you, example right. of all time. I mean, you can, you can design things that aren't, you know, they're, they're not the same things everybody else does. Right. Absolutely. And, and you're a perfect example. Jason, you brought up a good point about the systems and Dan, Dan Vega, who we all know the viceroy mm. of bellwether, he brought up in our, in our seminar to not create your system in the first year, at least, based upon you don't know exactly where you're going to morph in your first year in your new business. So if you create a system that will probably be already extinct or not what you really need after a year of feeling it out, you're going to just waste all the money, limit yourself and, you know, oh, well, I spent that money. I should use the system type of thing and delay that for a year. And I thought that was a, a really smart point that Dan had brought up. Uh, and if you want to do what you said, J uh, Jason, and you want to open up your business, do it in a step-by-step -step basis. Take an area of your business that for whatever reason you want to blow up, expand and play with. And try it that way if you're already ingrained in your business. Start with a color here, you know, blotch of red there, blotch of orange here. You don't have to make it rainbow day one. But if it's in your heart, go for it. People love it. They know the difference. Yeah. Uh, there's such a heart to what you do. And while I could go anywhere in this conversation, for the sake of time, given what you've accomplished, because it's a lot, right? And again, I know that you probably, I'm just, this is my assumption. You probably feel like you're just getting started. I'm getting started. <laughs> I am. I am. I have some great things coming my way right now. <laughs> so I want to ask, what can you share with the listeners about your goals currently? Wow. Well, I have a couple of big goals. I'm still involved in the fitness industry and we're purchasing a big chain here. We're going to expand it. Uh, COVID, et cetera, it's a perfect storm to expand in the fitness industry. Everyone's come back and more. And we're buying a big chain for $100 million this month. And so that's a big deal. And UFC, which I'm also, my company owns half of it. And I'm part of that. I'm not the major shareholder, but I'm part of that. We're expanding that to some new countries. We're already in 70 countries, but we're going big time now into some major territories. So that's that as well as uh, my spiritual side. I'm working on, I'm returning back to India and to really giving a lot more of my time into the spiritual world, which has always been my guideline, my instinct, because uh, I quit school when I was 14 and I rely on my instinct quite a bit more than my intellect and my uh, intelligence. So those are the things that I'm working towards and uh, want to help people through that as much as I can. Everything you just said, again, more gems. <laughs> it's more gems. People always think, oh, I need more skills. I need more of that. You said, I am striving. With everything that I've accomplished, I am still striving. 
yeah. to stay centered, to stay That's focused. That's the whole thing, you know, to be able to be centered. I, I spent a week with this great master. His name is Sadhguru. And at the yeah. end of the week, he said to me, I said, he said, if you take away anything from this week, if you could take away that whatever something happens or is said to you or whatever, you have the gap, the awareness to take a pause, go into the field of infinite possibilities and pick the next action, you'll become a master. You know, instead of reacting with all your past, you know, subconscious pre-programmed from when you were three, to be able to choose a master's choice, you become a master. And that stuck with me. I mean, I'm not even 1% of the way there. Trust me, I freak out all the time. <laughs> at least I know I have a goal. <laughs> that That is the name of this episode, A Master's Choice. Right there. That is that is it right there. Man. <laughs> and, and and with that said, uh, because because we do have a time, even though I could sit here and talk to you all day, I, I, I'm curious if you could go back to speak to yourself, knowing what you know now, being who you are now, striving for what you're striving for now. And you had one chance to go speak to yourself when you had just started at that gym where people were wondering, what are you doing with these tours? What would you say to yourself now that you know what you know back then? Listen to your heart or the inner voice all the time and have the guts to go against every expert, even though you respect them, your voice is your voice. Follow that with all your might and regardless of the outcome, let that go. The universe handles the details stay in that field. That's what I would say. Man. Before I go to the grand finale, I want to, I want to let Jason chime in just one more time, checking in here. <laughs> yeah, this, this has been such a, a, a wonderful conversation of like everything wrapped up into one package when it comes to, you know, start, you know, front, middle, end, right? So like the start, the struggle, the creation, the modeling, uh, all these things just like wrapped up into one thing and all done your freaking way. And, <laughs> and you know what? The bad and the ugly, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, through the bad and the ugly, but but let's all face it. There, there is no business that doesn't go through the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? right. Um, and I would challenge anybody to say that it was all good. I'd call them a liar um, <laughs> for sure. Because <laughs> it's never always unicorns and fairy dust and, yeah. and, and rainbows and popsicles all the time, right? So, so but, but you created your own Burger King, man. You got to do it your way. <laughs> right and that's and that's a that's a that's a great way to live right a great way to live is live by your own rules live by your own passions and uh you know i love what you said just just go get it just go get it you know it's it's a short life yeah as we all been told and you know i look back and i think of all the crazy things i tried and i never have a regret on those 
the ones that I didn't try, those are the ones that bug me. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, there, there's just been this element that it's something I really needed to hear too, is because I, I, part of what makes me ask questions the way that I do is that I doubt a lot of things, right? I, I, I'm curious. I wonder to the extent of sometimes stopping things, right? Because I, I see it, it's a perfectionism uh, issue, I think is where the source stems, but it's a, it's a, such a great reminder to say, let go and trust. And people can say that to you, but when you hear it in a story mm-hmm. and see how that manifested, and someone who said, I'm all instinct, baby, you know, like a, a true, a true warrior in that sense. I think to myself, yeah, you've got to learn to trust yourself more. If there's anything I took away from this, it's that. And it's something that I needed. So seriously, thank you for that. And uh, with that, I want to roll out the, the grand finale question. And I could have never been more curious than now. If you could have had your choice, your pick of the litter, any point in place and time in the world, dead or alive. Who would you have loved to have invited to be a guest alongside you today on this in this in this conversation, uh, and and why? Wow, that is so deep. You know, I off the top of my head, I would say because I'm now I follow Buddhism quite a lot, Buddha or Jesus. If I could have two, um, just because, regardless if there was a man with a beard or you know an Indian uh, prince who became you know Buddha the essence that millions of people love through all these decades and centuries and how many people they have affected or their essence has affected. I just want to be next to them. I wouldn't even ask them a word. I just sit between them and just, you know, open and vibrate with them because their wisdom is forever. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about rules talking about the love that they had and that love has permeated around the globe and everywhere else all this time and will continue because it is based on love and purity. And I just would love to be next to them. I wouldn't even ask them a question. I know I'd shut up that time. I'd shut up. Wow. I love hearing that because after everything you've accomplished and most people would be like, I I want to, and you still feeling like you're just getting started, which I, I, I'm glad that that assumption was right because it's only the beginning and your goal still being enlightenment, being centered, because that is the one thing that we can continue to grow on for as long as we're alive. Right. As long as we're making progress, we will be frustrated. And as long as we're prepared for that frustration, then we have growth. Absolutely right. And this is, uh, you. I don't want to say you need that, but foster the want of that because you feel it. And then you love life because you're tuned into that vibe. You, you know, you're still human. You still have all of our maniac thoughts and everything. But if you can get that sweetness, even... 15, 20 minutes a day, you're still a beautiful human being because you got the essence of it, at least, you know. Oh, man, this has just been an absolute pleasure, Eric. It really was nice meeting you and uh, sitting in on your vibe, as you say. And I think the people you chose, the symbolic of the impact you yourself desire to leave as well, which you have through this conversation, at least on my behalf. And uh those are my closing thoughts. So thank you for stopping by. And Jason's oh. going to roll us out. 
Thank you so much, myself. Pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Well, Eric, one other thing. Where can people get a hold of you? To uh-huh. If somebody wants to reach out to you and, and have a conversation with you, how do people do that? The easiest way is my, uh, you know, in Bellwether, we give out our home numbers all the time. We have that, <laughs> right? But uh, my email address is my name, Eric Levine, 55, because that's when I was born, at gmail.com. And I respond to my emails every day. And it's not about fitness. It's about any type of entrepreneurship, leadership, or anything I can help. Ding me and we'll see how, how, how we can get together. My pleasure. Awesome. Right on. Great. Well, I always like to say this in closing thoughts and that's, you know, we have a 168 hours in a week. Um, thanks for taking just a little slice of that time to spend with us. I'm enlightened from this conversation. Um, and, and I, I hope people grabbed all of that because I mean, that really was a master class in sales and a master class. That's where we started, right? Yeah, yeah. And a master class in, you know, being yourself and rolling things out and just not giving a shit what anybody else thinks, right? Um, And that's a, it's like a lost art. It really is. I work with companies all the time, every day. And, and, uh, you know, if I had, everybody had your attitude that I work with, Jesus, we'd be billionaires in a week. <laughs> well, you know, it starts with the kids, right? Yeah, right. It starts with the kids. You know, I have a 10-year-old boy and he doesn't listen to a word I say, but he loves me, you know, and I do my best to just show him choice. And his imagination is actually beyond mine. So I'm constantly help fostering that. And he's been fortunate enough to meet some yogis and some people. And he says, I said, do you feel anything? He says, yeah, daddy, I feel very relaxed and I'm feeling uh, happy. And, you know, even when he was three and four years old. So it's not about your brain. I mean, that's a tool in our toolbox. It's not the ultimate tool, but the kids, it's, it's, you know, they, they're so innocent and open. I think it starts with the kids. Yeah. Gosh, how many, how many times have we heard that same thing? You know, right. start, start, start going back to being a kid again, right? Have fun, right? Have fun. They, fun first. Yeah. For sure. Right. Awesome. Well, Eric, thanks again, my friend, for being here. It's been a great conversation. Thank you, guys. I really uh, honored to be here. Thank you so much. No, it's been a pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.